goodest of good days, cats and kittens, wherever and indeed whenever you are. You see, I realise that not everybody grabs this still hot and steaming from the interwebs presses. Indeed, many seem to enjoy their topical podcasts five or six days old. And that, I need hardly say, is entirely finer than fine and dandier than dandy with us. Should you prefer your devastating hot takes reheated and slightly crusted round the edges, well, they can't fucking touch you for it, to the best of my knowledge. Um, actually, I can rather see the appeal. I am, as the more observant among you may have noticed, the most frightfully self-satisfied arsehole that has ever spoken slightly too closely to the mic, and is, according to my nearest and dearest, in dire need of being brought down a peg or three. So, if downloading this arrow offal a bit late means you get to catch me out in a prediction that's hopelessly off, well, what better chance to gloat over my prognosticatory ineptitude and say something along the lines of Ah, you were dead wrong about that, Foxy, you abysmal chump. In our wicked and weary world, there are a few unalloyed uh, joys left for the discerning palate, so uh, yeah, you go at it. I know I would, and I quite often do. Here we are then, back in our happy place, with another episode of Discontent Provider to limp through. I'm a three-quarters blind, half-retired, anti-folk non-entity, and Arkham here is, but of course, the world's greatest lurcher. And together, we put together a stern and well-phrased a rebuke to the great and the good as our respective abilities allow. Before we spit on our hands and paws and begin with the rough stuff, however, a thought occurs. One that might do us all a spot of good. Does anyone out there uh, know how to do crowdfunding? My inclination towards almost painful can to admit to, uh, to those of you not already made fully aware of it by the slipshod nature of this enterprise, that I'm not all that dreadfully au fait with the digital world. So uh, I, I'm opening up the floor of our weekly symposium uh, to suggestions as to how we, as unfailingly good eggs, might somehow club together and put in a bid in order to purchase the Daily or Sunday Telegraph. Come on, podcast pals. One of the most significant props of the conservative narrative, both big and little c, is up for grabs. Haven't any of you ever fancied being a media mogul, a press baron? Wouldn't you like to sit behind a big desk and berate Peter Parker, or whoever Spider-Man is these days, what with all the multiverses and all? More to the point, don't any of you fancy sending home counties, homeowners and retired brigadiers into apoplectic frenzies by running stories about Jacob Rees-Mogg and Nigel Farage being caught in flagrante delicto, rocking back and forth on a double-ended dildo emblazoned with an EU flag? Now, obviously, I realise that that might be nudging slightly towards the outer edges of journalistic malpractice, but uh, it's not as though the dear old sheet has been a model of factuality and moral rectitude over the years, eh what? I'd say that with no real animus, of course, rather with the sad realisation that hardly any newspaper, British or otherwise, is one. This week, however, has seen the Tory graph even more wildly pilloried than usual for uh, making the most fearful stink about a recently published paper that an awful lot of boffins seem to think is the purest piffle. The report, which has uh, not as yet been peer-reviewed, perhaps because nobody is willing to be seen as a peer of the three authors, basically says, as doubtless you've heard, that the Covid lockdowns were utterly pointless and saved only an estimated 1,700 lives in England and Wales. 
which it concludes in no way represented value for money when compared to the economic damage the strategy caused. Now, I realise, I fully realise, that feelings about our occasional periods of house arrest are, are mixed, to say the least, and that other measures might just as well have been effective in containing the coronavirus. Oh, dash it all, I can't remember the last time I said that word out loud. Yet at one point it was the nation's sole topic of conversation. Ah, sick transit Gloria Mundi, eh? What the, uh, the same thing happened to Nick off of Big Brother and Ross and Rachel. But, uh, but I'm staying from the point, which was, no, which is this. Despite being culled from research into 20,000 studies carried out around the world, the study was written by two economists, Professor Steve H. Hanke and Dr. Lars Jonen, or Jonen, and a cove who worked for some right-wing U.S. think tank called the American Institute for Economic Research, Jonas Herbie. Now, I'm a fair-minded sort of cove, so I'm willing to uh, concede that these cats, even the one without a doctorate, almost certainly know how many beans make five and what have you, and might very well be qualified to hold forth on gold standards, hedge funds, bearer bonds and similar fiscal arcana. But even the severest critic of the lockdowns must concede that there might, just might, be others a little better placed to pronounce on matters medical. Unless, of course, some said critics work for the Daily Telegraph, that is. The, uh, the paper splashed this work all over their front page and more or less hailed it as the smoking gun found in the hands of Klaus Schwab or George Soros. Apologies for not knowing who the biggest baddie in the world is this week, incidentally. I, I, I tried to do a basic level of research, but uh, there's only so much Infowars slurry I can wade through. Uh, I did, however, moved by a spasm of conscientiousness, look into the trio of sages just to see if they had published any works that might mark them out as the sort of polymath that would be just as, home, uh, just as much at home among test tubes as trading floors. On the face of it, they absolutely jolly well aren't. Prof Hanke's work seems to mainly focus on currency boards, the privatisation of waterworks, and for some reason, maybe an unpleasant holiday in Buenos Aires, a coruscating disapproval of the financial goings-on in Argentina. The good Dr. Yonan is a specialist in monetary and fiscal policy, with a reputation cemented with page-turners like The Political Economy of Price Controls, The Swedish Experience, 1970-1985. Well, Mr. Herbie, well, to be perfectly frank, podcast pals, God only knows. It's, it's quite probable that Mr. H has written stuff in his time, if only a note to the milkman, but Google is keeping his output firmly under its hat, as far as I can tell. For all that, however, the Telegraph's ballyhoo over this economically not clinically slanted study of efforts to ameliorate the efforts of a pandemic might have been an absolute bean feast for anti-vaxxers, fringe political oddball parties like Reform and Reclaim, and those who view working from home as being up there with cat-fucking in terms of moral degeneracy, but it can't be said to have done the paper's rep much good. Of course, that has nothing to do with the rag going onto the bidding block. That's uh, apparently connected with the owners owing about 60 million quid, as I uh, understand it, but uh, it will definitely have given its stock the most fearful wallop, so it's probably going to be going for a song. So if any serious players are looking to get in on the ground floor of a truly thrilling uh, commercial opportunity, you know how to find us.
Mind you, you know, I suppose that if one is to take a purely financial look at things, Hanke et al.'s work might make a valid point. It depends upon how much value one places upon a human life. I, I, I looked into it. And if one ignores petty trivia like morals, ethics and the glorious potential of the soul, it turns out that we actually are pretty fucking worthless. With the traces of rare elements making up the old corpus, fetching about a dollar cash on the international market in today's prices. Which, I don't know, seems pretty generous if you've ever seen people at, um, well, if you've ever seen people, really. It would be remiss of me even as an exceptionally junior podcaster, not to follow a reference to life being held cheaply with at least a passing mention of the UK's Conservative government, don't you think? So here goes. Uh, Their current squirming and writhing to avoid a, one can safely assume, far more credible and worthwhile report onto their COVID-19 response has been little short of deplorable. Say what you will of Hanke, Yonung and Herbie, but at least their nonsense hasn't cost the taxpayer a brass farthing. Whereas the upcoming COVID inquiry and the government's application to the High Courts to clarify, i.e. not clarify, what they don't have to show the public, will wind up uh, being what my late grandpater used to call a dear do. But what, cats and kittens, of that? Such trifles are beneath the notice of our Prime Minister as he takes his first faltering steps from the shadows of Covid incompetence and corruption into the international limelight of the global stage as a great British statesman who has met an actual, real and living, well, more or less living, American President. Yes, in the most monumental meeting of heads and state since King Bowser and Princess Peach signed the Chocolate Island Pact that brought an everlasting peace to Super Mario World, wherein all disputes were to be settled by games of tennis or go-kart racing, Rishi Sunak and Joe Biden sat down and had a natter. The resulting document, the Atlantic Declaration for a 21st Century US-UK Economic Partnership, who comes up with these titles? Gold! Pure gold! Uh, Will, we are told, Quote, ensure that our unique alliance is adapted, reinforced and reimagined for the challenges of this moment, unquote. Stirring stuff to be sure, or perhaps merely more of the same old, same old scenario wherein a weird, aggressive drunk parades a ratty old Jack Russell through the streets attempting to convince onlookers that the creature on the lead is a fearsome man-eater, a delusion that seems only to convince the Jack Russell. Aside from featuring the words security and prosperity in every third sentence, so far as I could tell, there didn't strike me as anything particularly novel about the whole uh, document. Uh, Things will, one might wager, with confidence, carry on much as they have done for decades, save that the villains have uh, now been more explicitly named as Russia and China. My gosh and goody gun drops, but ISIS and the Taliban must be chewing their beards off at being demoted to B-grade heavies, eh what? The main challenge of the 21st century, at least as it relates to both prosperity and security, for what else really matters, cats and kittens, would seem to be ensuring that our cybertech and AI gizmos are all up to snuff. But, of course, not too up to snuff, because of Skynet and Terminator and that. And this is where Mr Sunak really shone, wasn't it? 
I don't know if it was a long-cherished dream of the chap or one of those spur-of-the-moment things that happens when one is swept away by a particular moment, but Mr S announced that Great Britain will be hosting an international summit on artificial intelligence later this year. A shindig to end all shindigs, uh, in which all the movers, shakers and policy makers of world politics and Silicon Valley will be invited to chew the fat, talk turkey and generally lend Rishi Sunak the appearance of a figure of magnificent and undeniable importance on the global scene. Makes a Britisher proud, do it not? Or, more realistically, puts a Britisher, this one anyway, in mind of one of those deeply unpopular kids that kids only played with because they had an ATAT and an Intellivision games console, which perhaps ages me a little, I don't know. You know the sort of kid. Yeah, I, I'm having a party and, and you've all got to come because I'm great and there's going to be ice cream and a massive cake and hot air balloon rides and, 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 and Batman's coming to come and my dad's going to beat him at karate. Yeah. Such musings on pitiful self... Uh, a pitiful uh, delusion as well as fond memories of playing burger time round a whining shithouse's gaff, cannot fail to remind me that I am, for all this, but a podcaster, however. Moreover, a podcaster who has taken up more than enough of your valuable time this week. So uh, we'll be shoving off home, I think. Uh, stick around for the song at the end. And until we meet again, bear in mind that these ramblings merely represent the opinions of a heart-blowing chancer and should be used for entertainment purposes only. Facts, quotes, etc. all come from reputable media sources and are presented with as much accuracy as said heart-blowing chancer can muster. Should you feel the urge to commune with us, uh, our electronic mail address is discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk or you can tweet at discontentprovider at Foxy and Arkham. Like, share and subscribe as you see fit. And for now, from the Silver Fox and the Black and White Dog, Cheerio! There's no point in hiding it, I'm super tight with Biden, he's powerful and important, he's my new best friend. I said he could ride my bike or run our country if he likes, he's really cool and he respects me no end. I said, Joe, I'm good to go if you get in a fight. You have all the soldiers from my toy box and send them where you like. We've got a secret handshake and he loves my mummy's chocolate cake. So none of you big bullies had better ping on me. He didn't know my name at first, but he's boss of the universe. So I took it with good grace like a big boy should. Anyway, he knows it now for a few weeks anyhow And when he comes to Britain, we'll build dens in the woods Vladimir and that guy Z are always making fun of me For being besties with an oldie baldy man But we'll put them in their places, wipe the smiles from their faces Cause we've got a super awesome secret plan A party with playstations and with smarties And Joe has pinky sworn that he'll sit next to me 
People will forget that crap about my emails and what's happened I bet you that we'll stay up till half past three We'll have special lockets and I'll fly in Elon's rocket And then you'll all stop calling me a specky geek You'll all know that I matter and my dates and I'll chatter about AI And what dogs would say if they could speak